0: He scopes out the present, shakes out the past, and keeps an eye out on the future. This is the Racing with Bruno podcast. Now, from Delray Beach, Florida, here's Bruno DiGiulio. And welcome to the
1: post-Daffa Bay Derby, Gotham, and San Felipe podcast.
0: Ron, we have got a lot to talk about. Well, oh, between the races that have happened and the races coming up, We're coming to the end of what I like to call the mid-majors for the Kentucky Derby preps. They're winning your ends, although not completely. There is a hinky way that 50 might not be enough. But really, yeah, it's enough. And we've got one more of those, Bruno. One more 50-pointer before we get to the 100-pointers. But the 50-pointer will be at Oaklawn Park this weekend.
1: And on our Friday Zoom for gold members, we will have... um Nancy Oltus is going to join us from Oakland and Brian Lazarica. I'm really looking forward to that. And by the way, hi, Ron. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> I got to go to Santa Anita uh, over the weekend. First time I've been to a racetrack in a year. It was great. Did you have a carving station sandwich? No, because media, owners, that's it. No spectators, uh-huh. no food service. In fact, funny you should mention that. Media were getting a little cranky, 2, 3 in the afternoon on Friday. Where's the food? Where's the food? And I actually warned a couple people. I said, make sure you have food. Oh, no, we're fine, we're fine. About 2 o'clock, where's the food? Where's the food? I said, hey, listen, why would they be bringing people in to serve food when there's only like eight of us in the press box? Go get it and bring it in. Saturday, they did bring food in. But there was the cranky journalists lesson to be rehashed in the press box of Santa Anita. But otherwise, no, I was fine. I was prepared for that and looked forward to the Tuesday Zoom. And what do you know, Bruno? We were looking back and we were looking ahead. So, Ron, what are we looking at for this weekend? To at least tee that up first, the Rebel Stakes did draw today for Saturday. Normal routine at Oaklawn; They do draw Tuesday for Saturday. Caddo River for Brad Cox. Yes, another one off his bench, and concert tour, along with Hosier, out for Bob Baffert. Key horses there, keep me in mind, also in the field. And also, of course, Peter Miller trains the American Pharoah Stakes winner, and uh, he's back for this race. And that would be get her number coming off of the long break since September when we last saw him winning in the american pharaoh stakes uh, american pharaoh by the way six years ago in the slop won this race then won the arkansas derby and then won a trio of races you might have heard about so this is the stepping stone that has been used before but right now i mean bruno the betters are going to make this between caddo river and concert tour caddo river has gone the mile in a 16th before has gone two turns before has a couple wins Laurent Giroud winning by 10 and nine and a quarter last two times out, including the Smarty Jones. And Concert Tour comes in, never having gone two turns before, won the San Vicente over seven furlongs, holding off Freedom Fighter, who Baffert has taken off the Derby Trail on merit. And so now that's what we're looking at. And uh, I've had a little bit of an argument with some colleagues. I want to hear what everybody here has to say, really. Who should be the morning line favorite? For me, it's Caddo River. If you just go by, okay, a two point higher buyer speed figure and the Baffert factor, then it's Concert Tour. What do you think?
1: I don't give a who's Who's on the morning line favorite? But who do you, uh, let me, never mind morning line, who do you make the favorite? I don't care about that either. All I want to do is pick the winner. And if the, the 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 public and that's one thing that I'm trying to teach everybody here is if, if you spend all this energy. Trying to figure out who's going to be the favorite, you don't control other people the way they bet. And and trust me, you wouldn't you don't want to control some people the way they bet. So uh, to me, it doesn't matter, Ron. I'll, I'm just one of those guys that. Just doesn't really care about who I'll let everybody else make the
0: horse a morning favorite. Ron? Oh, I was I was wondering if anybody else wanted to weigh in.
2: Concert tour. Okay, Ron. Yeah. We're going uh, concert I would, tour. I
0: would agree with that, Ron. I mean Baffert the Baffert factor at Oakland. I mean I think Concert Tour is probably the favorite.
2: I would agree. Now if you ask who you think's
0: gonna win, that might be a different story. You know for me it would be, yeah.
2: Agreed.
0: Yeah, agree. Bruno, you made your point.
1: Uh, you know, I just don't. Uh, I just, I'm just a big believer that if of not wasting a lot of energy on stuff you don't have any control over. I mean, does everybody kind of understand the whole premise of that, Bruno? Yes, Paul.
2: Did, so, did you Rob, were you that? asking who you thought that Bruno? Th- Think's gonna win, or?
0: Well, it's. I mean, uh, the point I was trying to do is to elicit discussion. I was doing a little trolling here, to be honest. So, well,
2: Bruno, oh. Bruno, pardon my friend, Slammed by, you know what? Last week when I called him about one race, and I accidentally mentioned odds, and you know, it made me actually think about what I was doing betting a race. Mm-hmm. But so, Bruno. Throw out odds and everything. Who do you think is going to win, the Rebel?
1: So you actually you're going to ask me when I haven't even started handicapping the race yet. Yeah, just off the top it's of your Tuesday. head. It's Tuesday, okay? <laughs> yeah, I just want to spin them up, Ron. You know, and 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 guys, you know, Paul, guys, you know, like you guys I'm messing with you. On, on a Tuesday, we'll dive into the PPs on, on a Saturday race. We don't have that because we, we have to put together the works. They just drew it a couple, few hours ago. We have to put together the works. I have to do all my information. I've got a, you know, it's, it's, See, not, Bruno, I knew it,
2: that you, I knew that would be your answer.
1: And, and also, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, what we have, I, I have to worry about getting the Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday reports done before I can ever tackle Saturday. So, to me, you were going to throw me completely out of whack. Now, what I would au- see if I also give you a pick, and then I turn around and do my handicapping, and I come up with something else. Not you, uh, just as a general, you get. Right. The, but you said so. I refrain from doing that as a general rule, because until I put the product out for that day, then I don't want to have somebody come back and say, but you said, you know, because you know some people are 12 year olds, you know, they just are. So it's, it's not, now I can tell you Cattle River is trained very, very well. Concert tour comes in for Bafford, who's perennially done well over Oakland. And I will tell you for the Friday Zoom, we're going to have Nancy Oltis and Brian Lazarica with us. And we're going to turn it over to them to talk about a little bit about Oakland. Nancy does the uh, the uh, Oakland feed with Vic Stoffer. She's very knowledgeable. I've known her a long time. She used to work for TVG, former steward in um, California. And uh, I think she'll have a great insight for us. So, Paul, the whole thing also is there on a Tuesday and you're looking at a race on a Saturday, weather comes into play and it's supposed to be like 70 percent chance of rain.
0: Yeah, that's that's that forecast is changing by the day. We're hearing rain. We're hearing showers and it's going to change again.
1: But it's supposed to rain all week. So whatever happens, you're going to have a different situation. You know, okay.
0: What are you? Mark for mark? That part even changed uh, a couple hours ago, so yeah. don't bank on any of it.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. So, so Paul, you really when you ask about a pick, do you want information on the race, or the you, you know, or just a, 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 a selection? Because we just don't do selections. We we talk about information. Period. I know
2: that, but, but I knew that, I. But I knew I'd get that answer from you. Yeah. Well, Paul. You are a dear friend of mine. I was just trying to bring on the conversation that Ron had started.
1: We're trolling you. We're trolling. We're trolling you. you. Are, you are you guys trying to hold my hand tonight? Yes. You and Paul are going to hold my hands. Seriously.
0: I might hold your feet. Yeah,
1: exactly. We need the ESPN thing. Da 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 da. You know. Um, so. All right,
2: the I won't whole, say another the word. The rest I'm of the night, Bruno.
1: What I'd like to talk about tonight, Paul, Paul, you're getting this close, this close. And eh. (laughs) yeah, Um, Paul and I are uh, on horses together. He's a dear friend of mine. What, what, what are the news and notes that we have uh, for, to, for today, Ron?
0: One other big thing that's going on right now, and we just got word of this today, there has been an outbreak of the equine herpes virus. Now, that outbreak might be only one horse. We've been given to believe that at Horse Racing Nation. One trainer at Laurel says it's one horse, but that's been enough to shut down the transportation of horses between Laurel and where they you know, when they do train at Pimlico. But you can't go in, you can't go out right now at Laurel Park. So we've got the uh, the, EP, uh, equal, uh, the EHV circumstance again going on at LA in Maryland. So something to keep an eye on if you're betting there. Be aware that there could be some sudden changes in the scheduling, in the carding, in the scratching, everything at this point as far as Maryland is concerned.
1: And it's been kind of a light day as far as news. And uh, I think there was an indi- uh, a, uh, uh, a, um, the indictment of some of the uh, plea deal. There was a plea deal. A uh, oh, plea deal. 18 months yeah. for uh, a,
0: a veterinarian. Yeah. Uh, veterinarian Scott Robinson uh, has been sentenced to 18 months in prison. Now, he pleaded guilty in September to charges related to the service Navarro case, part of the conspiracy. And so he was accused of and pleaded guilty to making money off of drugs that looked one way, but were sold another or packaged another hiding what they were really doing. And so it is expected that he's going to roll over in this case, in this deal, the fact that he accepted 18 months in prison Makes you wonder what he would have gotten had he not accepted this deal. And so another chapter unfolds here. And we mentioned it today more than any other. Because where were you one year ago today when March 9th was a Monday and it was on that Monday that the indictments came down? One other interesting note on this case. Jeffrey Berman was the uh, U.S. attorney, the federal prosecutor who brought the charges, had help. From someone in his office, an investigator who used to work in racing, whose identity I don't know. I'm, I would love to know who it is, but federal government will be rather protective of him or her. Jeffrey Berman no longer works for the Justice Department. He's now a visiting teacher at Stanford. He was fired in June by President Trump over Berman's investigation of Rudy Giuliani. And so this New is York. a guy. New York. My, New York, Southern District, Manhattan, New York. This is the same guy who brought a case against college basketball that is still grinding its way through the legal process. And the expectation at the time when we had the horse racing indictments is that this guy would go in not once, but twice with indictments and deep indictments as he did with college basketball. Yes, there were more indictments last fall, but they were really tied to the same people who were named in the four, actually it was technically four cases that were brought on the same day, really umbrellaed into one case. But this is the latest move on this. And uh, my Horse Racing Nation colleague, Matt Stahl, says that the next moves that we could hear about will be in May when everybody's got to be back for trial conferences, etc., their status conferences, it's procedural excitement. But that could be when we hear next about something or we could hear any day now. But it happened today that this veterinarian who was changing the packaging for drugs that were really meant to dope racehorses gets a year and a half in prison.
1: Well, the thing that brought up uh, Stuart Janney uh, wrote, I believe, in The Blood Horse today. And Stuart Janney brought up the fact that there, there there's going to be another round of, of uh, arrest coming up that had been that have been um, uh, delayed by COVID-19 and the grand juries and-,
0: and probably the firing of Berman. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah. And you know, but uh, he, he talked about how a lot of trainers have not slowed down since uh, because of the indictments, but he also talked about more specifically about the use of um, SGF 1000, which is growth hormones from pigs and, and cheats. And, and we've talked about how some horses in some barns just look like they're, you know, they're on steroids. I mean, they're big and muscular and they carry a ton of weight and, and, and some, and and that's not natural folks. When you see horses that heavy and that big, that's steroids, you know, that is something that are reacting as a uh, steroidal um, compound in the horses. Also, um, Peptides can act as a steroidal compound uh, when given over seven weeks. You ever watch the trainer uh, get a horse and run them every seven and a half to eight weeks or the 10 weeks? That's most likely that something is being done to get them to recover and to get them ready. And peptides are one of those types. Peptides are actually amino acids that mimic um, your cells to uh, recover and repair and um in and, and, and a lot faster than what they would naturally do it in in a natural situation so um it's very interesting to Stuart janney um
0: uh, and actually and and janney actually in his role with the jockey club he spoke to the author of the story who was bob e halt
1: and what was interesting is um uh, somebody just brought it up. Tom, thank you. Scott Robinson also forfeited over $3.8 million, uh in addition to the 18-month sentence, meaning meaning, he gave money back uh, that he had gotten from maybe from doing this. So uh, I I got a feeling that you're going to get a, a better idea once the second round comes around uh, and other people get arrested. But the one thing that, uh, that Stuart Janney said to... Bobby Halt, was that the problem was is that trainers have been unfazed by, by this round of, of arrest. Um, not having, having worked as an investigator in my 20s and 30s for major retail companies, and I took down maybe over 1,000, 1,200 uh, cases in my years, and I will tell you, there is no better deterrent than parading somebody out the doors in handcuffs. I'm gonna tell you that from experience. And it makes people talk and it gets their attention. And um, maybe we need to see a few of these trainers be taken out in handcuffs and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And I am a strict believer in this that a lot of the times the trainers who are the responsible person for the horse want to have plausible deniability. So what's the best way that you can have plausible deniability? A third party is involved. And the reason I say that is that being around the track and there's guys that you just go, What the hell does he do? He's always around the track. He knows everything that's going on, but he doesn't work for anybody. He just loiters around. To me as an investigator, that to me sparks, uh, that just the bells go off. And so, and, and also talking to a couple of trainers, they're sharing information. Oh, you know, they get introduced to this guy. He says, I'm working for so-and-so, but I can do this. You'll never see me. I'll go to the barn at night. I'll take care of this. You won't have to worry about anything. I'll get it done. You know, so my idea what happens is you get a third person involved. The trainer is not involved. Is not doing it. None of his people are doing it. But a third person comes in and does the dirty deed as far as administering whatever they do. So that gives them plausible deniability.
0: So much, much as in the case of college basketball coaches, they'll pin the blame on assistants, say that they didn't know about it. The college itself is said to have not exercised institutional control. The assistant coach, who's maybe making $100,000 a year while his boss is earning seven figures, he gets kicked out the door and he's trying to sell cars down the road. The coach gets fired, but he lands somewhere else. And using that plausible deniability, handing it on an assistant, very often these guys skate. So I wonder if the same thing could happen with trainers using veterinarians.
1: Well, how about, how about where uh, I believe in college basketball, there's a third party that hangs around that, yeah, for example, there was a, a case with one of the players um a, a college player that was um i think he was uh, it
0: was it was at kentucky wasn't it well there's countless cases of these so-called aau guys who yeah. wind up and they end up going directly to families you had these shoe company guys who were going to the families but they were being facilitated by assistant coaches well i mean the, all these coaches know but for what you're saying the plausible deniability exactly well I
1: do, yeah, now that we've gone through a little bit of that, if you get a chance to read Bobby Alt's um, uh, piece with Stuart Jenny uh, being quoted in it and even Jim Gagliano's in it, it makes it really interesting some interesting reading. I love reading about investigations, you know um, I did it for a long time, and I loved it. I just hated to see it. I, I hated seeing the bad side of people um, but Ron. Um, I went ahead and did some work. and,
0: and well, I, I, well, I was going to ask you, you know, I've been saying three words. I think we'll tee you up. Are you ready for the three words? Life is good. Life is good. I was there at Santa Anita. I was in the press box. I don't know if I had been standing down by the outside rail at the end of that race. I might have been taking cover. Life is okay, good to nine. me. It looked like he was making a. Uh, uh, making a dead run for the jockey scale. I, you know, So I'm just saying, and I, and I, by the way, credit to you, Bruno, as soon as it was available within a half hour on my computer, I went in and watched and rewatched and rewatched the head on, the head on. So the floor is yours for Life is Good's eight length, 12 wide victory <laughs> in the San Felipe.
1: You know the one thing that's really frustrating to me is call me silly, call me old fashioned, but I like horses that run straight and horses that run straight basically tell me that they're sound mentally and or physically. Horses that lug out that far are not mentally sound and not mental and not physically sound or and not mentally and or physically sound my issue with that is how quickly do people forget and as i've told kevin and i've told a lot of people on on these zooms what are you going to stand for are you going to let your eyes see what had happened that horse is going all the way out to the carving station on the grandstand on the on the grandstand side with a turkey sourdough sandwich with butter and a pickle. Not right now, though. Oh, that's so good, though. That's so good. You know, I mean, he looked like me heading to Santa Anita, and I'm making the first stop at the carving station. Um, mm. But...
3: Hey, Bruno, I, I want to hey, add looking- that one thing, it was, it was fun to watch it happen and say, and there it is, it was fun to watch it happen and, and know why while it was going on.
1: yes. And then the, the problem is, is that you'll get people that then they see the figure, which is a, a, a bullshit figure, guys. It's BS. There's no way, no way in bloody hell that that horse ran a 107. Okay. And which leads to another round of things that we can talk about. Um, the way that horse got out. If it wasn't a Baffert and it wasn't life is good. <laughs> People would be crucifying that horse. But because his life is good and every figure, ooh. I had one guy tell me he was never asked and he was under a hold, which is, this is a problem that handicappers have when they watch races. They see what they want to see. What they see is Mike Smith grabbing the left rein. He's grabbing that left rein to keep him from going that way. And people are going, look at that, he's not even asking him. Uh, excuse me. The horse is going at a 90 degree angle with a left handed hold to try not to let to not to not end up over the fence. And guys thinking that he's under a hold. He was never asked.
0: Hey, Bruno, Bruno, they interviewed Mike Smith after the race. I heard it. it. I was there. Yeah. Uh, OK, so th- they said that he's afraid of the television uh, screen. Okay. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, hold on.
1: Can that horse see that frickin' jumbotron on the far turn when he's lugging out?
0: I have no idea, but I know what I wanted to ask you because Mike Smith says he doesn't do this in the morning and I think if anybody knows does, he doesn't he work him in the morning. Okay, perfect.
1: I, I, look Jeff, it's bullshit. It's just dribble. What are they going to tell you the truth? Oh yeah, he's a lugging out bad moving horse
3: start suing Watch his workouts Bruno he does it in the morning
1: he got that head up in the air he's got that head up in the air he's he's got a bit on him he want you know he wants to get out
0: he's a runoff guys he is a runoff hey Bruno you know who, you know who else was Bruno remember orfev the, the first time he, uh, she ran in the arc was going to win the thing, and then she ran off, and they blamed it on the big screen. They always want to blame, want blame it on the big screen. Hey, and, yeah,
1: okay. He was lugging out on the turn. Jeff, go watch it and watch him lug out on the turn. He's got his head up in the air, his ears are like this, and he's trying to go that way. Okay. You hey, know, Bruno. his head is cocked. You know, I mean, you're watching it, and and and, and I'm not gonna go through the, the video replay. You know, I, it's just you guys can do it on your own. You know how to do it. That horse is getting out. I know when a horse is getting out. I'm not an idiot. And people are trying to tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I I, I can't like a horse that goes out to the talk path. What are they talk? What are people thinking nowadays? They are they. I got to tell you, I think people, because of social media, have become stupider. Okay, they have become absolutely ignorant fools following the social media. And all they do is they want to throw out what they think they know because they need people to like them instead of being objective. This game is about being objective. It's about common sense. It is not about ego of spewing whatever garbage you want to spew out of your mouth so you can be the first to say it. And social media, which actually there is a study come out of Italy about four years ago, that found people's intelligence level have dropped because of social media. And it drives me nuts because you, you know, and I tell you how many people wrote to me behind the scenes by direct message and said, "We really appreciate you telling things the way you see them, and being a professional, and talking about the truth, and talking about how you analyze that." And and then on the other hand, you get guys that go, "What are you talking about? He was under a hold. Horses under a hole don't end up twelve wide." Paul, <laughs> sure, it,
0: when you add something,
2: yeah. Uh, to Jeff's defense, it's kind of funny he brought that up about Mike Smith. Interview today. I listened to an interview with Baffert. He said the same exact thing. I just laughed because he's the one telling Mike Smith what to say. I know that, and that's what I was I just found funny because Jeff brought that up. And today I listened to an interview, and Baffert said the same damn thing. And then he brought up who was the horse last year, uh, authenticate or uh, authentic. authentic. Authentic never got out like that. No, yeah, while well, he was trying to compare the two. It was just it's funny. Jim Paul, done. if
0: he's going to compare to anybody, how about concert tour who lugs out? Exactly. And he's going to be in the Rebel this week.
2: Yep. Well, uh, my, my I just wanted point. to bring that up because I thought it was funny what Jeff brought up. But the, my point is,
1: is on the far turn, the horse is lugging out on the far turn. He can't see the tow board, the screen on the, toe, on the far turn. I had uh, Rudy Del Judas, who trains my horses. We were talking about that. And, he, and I said, he's got a great eyesight, that horse. He goes, what do you mean? I said, because on the far turn, he's trying to he's trying to get out on the far turn. If he can see the tote board from the far turn, you know, just like on that Uber Eats commercial with uh, with Wayne's World, monkeys will fly out of my butt.
0: That's, wonder horse. He's actually looking at Christina Blacker's screen over at that house. Where the that's it that's, yeah. it. that's exactly it. Sure. Ridiculous. And what was that stuff with Medina
1: Spirit? Medina Spirit controlled and pushed the other horse out. So so the great one couldn't even get out there to contest life is good. And you can watch the replay and you can do it on your own. Watch the head on on the replay out of the gate, how the writer on Medina Spirit is pushing out the great one while making no attempt to save any ground. Now, here's another point. If I own Medina Spirit as a different owner. People said, "Well, rabbits. People use rabbits. They're using the block. Well, usually rabbits are part of an entry right. with the same owner or changed trainers. You know, Medina Spirit isn't owned by the same people that own Life Is Good.
0: Well, is this a restoring hope circumstance? Remember, oh, restoring God, yeah. hope in the and, Belmont and, 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 for help justify run. in the same way.
1: Hey, Ron." He did. Remember, we showed it with Suzanne against uh, the uh, sheriff's horse in now, that now,
0: Del Mar. But, but I asked you the question here, Bruno. Is it illegal?
1: Oh, look, OK. You and I own a horse. We both were with Baffert or we're both with mm-hmm. any trainer. You own the horse that's seven to one and I own the horse that's three to five. Mm-hmm. OK, your horse is used to block for me. People are betting on your horse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, can we prove there's collusion there? If you prove that there's collusion and there's payments being made, that is a felonious act of, of altering a sporting event. There's no other way. It's the same thing as somebody holding a horse to not win.
0: But uh, try to prove that, and it's the same thing uh, as I putting a rabbit. Is, I it, is it that.
1: any different than
0: putting a rabbit in a race?
1: No, a rabbit in a race is usually owned by the same guy. Ron, it's pretty simple. It's the law. If you are have, you are a betting entry aside from the other horse, and you're trying to help another horse, and it can be proven, it is a felony. Big if. No, it isn't a big if. It is a felony.
0: If the no, no, you said it if it wrong. can be proven.
1: But you're, you're you're you are saying, well, it's not a felony if it can't be proven. Well, duh. But if you work in a case, you wouldn't take them into court and get a felony indictment on them. If you don't have the, the, the proper
0: the proper proof and evidence. Right. Of course not. But it's the same thing as okay, if a, yeah, if right a team. Right no, no, here stop it is. Right Here's the case. If no, you, if it's, if it's not just... because I did this for a living.
1: Listen to me. When I, went, when, I, when I went in investigations and I thought I had somebody dead to write, I better have the evidence. Because not only I had to answer to the DA, but I had to answer to the police officer who came down when I had to do the report for the arrest. So now if I don't have any evidence, they don't get to be taken in. There's no work with the DA. There's no
0: prosecution. How is this different than teams tanking games?
1: How's this different? Proof. Right. How's it so different than teams the power tanking of the to games? To interpret a trainer and there camp. you go. Evidence, guys. It's evidence. If you have collusion, if you have somebody that's accepted a payment and you have all the information, you have all the documentation, you know what happened. You got people that actually have seen that. You got the evidence to prove this.
3: Yeah, empower it the is. stewards. Empower the stewards to make a ruling on there it. There you go. And that's their ruling. Their okay, says that their evidence. is We're the stewards. We decided this is what you were intending to do. So you're fine, and don't do it again. And none of that's that stuff would drop off in a hurry. Okay. So,
1: hey, Kevin, you go rob a bank. Okay. To have you on a video. I once had a plan to. I'm glad and I didn't. They did. say, well, you don't have any proof that Kevin did it. Okay, come on.
3: Come Bruno, what happens in no, well, uh, It happens well, in the Tour de uh, but, uh, What we're it, saying, what Ron is saying, Bruno, is that it's clear to everybody in the world that they're flouting the law right in front of the zoos. say, so hey, screw your laws, we're bang. doing this anyway. There's nothing <clears> you can do because you can't pr- prove it. Because so they, I'm saying a, this a, rule a, needs to be. How are we going to fix this problem? And it's the way to do oh, it. Another one of the way to do it is to empower the stewards to say, hey. That you, we believe that this is what you're doing and you're being you're going to uh, get uh, charged with a felony and you're going to be so the entire stable is shut down for 30 days.
1: You know, I would have never made an arrest if I ever did that. What you do is you work your case, guys. You work your case. You put stuff together. OK, and then you try to either infiltrate to be able to get all the proof that you need Or you start basically start putting uh, cameras, you start, you know, recording, you start putting (laughs) stuff in the jocks room. You start, you you know, how did they catch Jason Service?
0: Well, they had an insider who was an investigator for the federal prosecutor. We don't know who that is.
1: Fingers there. You OK? Oh, no. What I'm
0: saying is everything you suggested is all wonderful, but it ain't growing on trees, Bruno. Well, you guys just. Anyway.
1: So not only do we have a potential Derby favorite that lugs out to the to, you you'll probably end up over on Central Avenue at, at, at Churchill, <laughs> you know, but then you have also this, this thing that Bob's gotten into late, uh, lately is being able to run, you know, blocking. And I'm sure other people do it too, but that's been a, a something that we've seen. Now, I would love to have Baffert. I'd love to ask Baffert, why do you do that? You know, nobody's asked them, nobody. But it's getting to the point to where, you know, I think. I I really believe that the stewards in California have enabled it and the stewards at other places have enabled it, too. They've allowed these guys to do things because, number one, they just don't want to. You know, a lot of these guys get just get completely they, they get lawyer up and then it becomes a battle. And always seems like when the trainers lawyer up, the track loses. So, but to me, what I saw was absolutely disgusting and I'm sick and tired of it. And um, I just, nobody, nobody's ever going to mention anything about it on the media. I think I was one of the few that actually did myself on Twitter that I felt that was what happened. I know, you know,
0: Jody McDonald mentioned it on CBS uh, sports radio. Oh, good. Good. No, I good. would yeah, he, because he was one of the first guys to notice what happened in the Belmont in 2018. I'll throw one other at you here, Bruno. Just, I mean, I know I'm prolonging this, but how is it different than, from what Jerry Bailey and Alex Solis did to Smarty Jones?
1: Yeah. I mean, they did. I was pretty disgusted with that. I remember that. I thought they ganged up on him. Um, let me just say one thing though. Um, Everything we talk about is allegedly, is alleged. We, we believe that, uh, that what we saw and. you know Nowadays, it's just it's it, it, people not only do they want to do something, but they also don't want you to say anything, you know, they, they all don't, you know. And I pretty much have gotten so disgusted with how the stewards handle the business um, of how they do things that it's become to where we need outside help to get a, to get this game straight now. And I think overall, it's the world, even in sports uh, and, and, and in politics and everything. It seems like the legal system always have to get involved because people are just a bit emboldened. And these people are emboldened.
0: Bruno, who knew one race could give us so much of a talking point?
1: Tell me about it. You know, Life is Good looked like me going into the Santa Anita gates and running for the carving (laughs)
0: station. If only we're open.
1: Sandwich with the butter and the pickles.
0: Oh, I know. Oh, my
1: God. I've been, ever since Saturday, because of Life is Good, I am actually salivating thinking about that sandwich.
0: Well, hopefully they'll let crowds in. They're looking at maybe, what is it, 15% capacity. So if you figure 40,000 Santa Anita, 6,000 people. If they get that for the Santa Anita Derby, that'd be nice. Carving station could be open. They could reopen it. So let me ask you something. Do you think we had enough for the second half of the Zoom call? We could do a separate podcast with that, couldn't we?
1: Oh, absolutely, Ron. I think some of the information that we talked about and the feedback we got from our Zoom attendees was phenomenal, of course, and you're truly, you know, and and yourself included. Um, I, I just thought uh, I thought it was one of the most interesting Zooms because I felt like, you know, sometimes what happens is trying to describe, to try to get everybody to understand the point of what I'm seeing. That's mm-hmm. tough to do. Yeah, It's like if you could see what I see. And sometimes people, it's very hard to, 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 bring, that to uh, bring that to bear, you know, to other people. And I thought that uh, it went so smooth that I think, Some of the examples that we used, I think people, you know, like for the example, and we won't give it all away, is about watching people walk.
0: Yes, you did bring that up as an exercise. So why don't we tease everyone with this? You saw Helium win at 15 to 1 in the Tampa Bay Derby. By the way, our friend Sean King on my podcast had him. I know he did. Yeah, that was great. How about that? Don's a good dude. Oh. a good. Dude. Yeah, he'll he'll be back on my podcast. Believe me. And tell people
1: how tell people how they can listen to your podcast.
0: I'll t- get that get to that in a second. I want to make sure I do your business first. Wayburn forty six to one in the Gotham. So how seriously should we take them? I know you're going to get into that. And yes, my podcast. Thank you very much. You can go to Apple, Google iHeart, Spotify, Stitcher, or the direct route. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts. Look for the Ron Flatter Racing Pod posting every Friday. We'll have John Lindo this week. We have Florent Giroux, and we have Dwayne Colucci from the Rampart here in Las Vegas to look ahead to the races this weekend. So that's thank you for that, and uh, that's how you find mine. But as far as finding yours, this other episode, where you found this episode, Bruno, I take it, You'll find the next episode following up on the other races that were derby preps last weekend.
1: You know what? what I want to really uh, talking about that on the Gotham. You know, we talked about you and I talked about Holly motivated a while back. Uh, he was coming in with yeah. a big reputation, uh, winning uh, six for a long race. I think six or six and a half for a long race at Keeneland on Breeders' Cup Day. And he ran like I thought he would. Uh, I, you know, he's a big, heavy, into mischief. I don't know if he wants to go that far. Um, he ran okay, but it was the other uh, his mate from from uh, Chad Brown that ended up almost winning the race at a big price. Crowded trade, yeah, at yeah.
0: five to one. Of course, Weyburn in forty six to one did it, but by a nose. Still had a nice, a rather nice exact to pay off uh, for the one dollar exact to pay two seventy seven and fifty cents. So that still worked out pretty well.
1: Our boy Capo Kane. Just since we discussed about why he was. You know, doing the things that he did. Yeah, he hasn't been the same, has he?
0: Mm-mm. You know, you, what about horses that drift out wide? Here's another one: horse that drifts out wide finishes sixth. There's reason, and people bailed on him. He went off at eleven to one. Remember, he was the hot favorite for the withers, and now nada.
1: Well, you know, the biggest thing, you know, Ron, I think people are very uh, easily duped by by uh, the the comments by on 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 television or. On on social media, you know, oh, he's just goofy, you know. No, you know, horses don't do things because they're goofy. They do things. Yeah, I'll give you a great example. I had a horse that couldn't run a straight line. He wanted to lug in so bad. Come to find out, he had major chi- uh, uh, chips in a knee. Yeah. That's why he was doing it. There's yeah. reasons why horses don't run straight. Period. And I like horses that run straight. That's all I gotta say.
0: Get more from Bruno by going to racingwithbruno.com. This has been the Racing with Bruno podcast.